Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. How you doing? It's it's not early Doctor Who anymore. It's middle of the night Doctor Who. Back to sleepy Doctor Who. Yeah, our one shot experiment. It's not over. Mm-mm. We just when did we last record? Was it Thursday? Uh, that would require work to figure that out in my head. That's I'm, true. I'm lazy. Yeah, we've been doing other stuff today, but we did have time to watch episode two mm-hmm. of the Web of Fear. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yep, where uh, Doctor Who is on vacation. <laughs> I was going to ask you. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't find the Doctor this whole time. I'm thinking, hmm, what's Patrick Troughton up to? Probably mm-hmm. vacation. Is that right? Yep, he was on vacation. I, I'm trying to think because I was I was racking my brains, and I'm sure I could probably do a more detailed search. But I think this is the first time that he's been on vacation and not been in the episode because I think he was away for episode four or five of Evil of the Daleks, but they pre-filmed all of his scenes. Whereas this one, uh, there's nothing. There's nothing for him. And so in my mind, I like this episode, but I feel like more than once, (laughs) more than one character asks, where is the doctor? And I just feel like everyone's just sort of waiting for the doctor show up to show up so the story can kind of progress properly again, you know? He's Poochie? He is Poochie is exactly what I was thinking. Where is Poochie? Where is Poochie? Everybody's asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, technically he was in it because he was in the rep- rep- reprise, reprise at the beginning yeah. when the explosion happened mm-hmm. and that's the last thing that we we see. So like we don't know where he went mm-hmm. at all. So I I kind of like it. Not having the doctor there, like I miss him, you know, because he's the doctor. But I, it's you know, it's it's a Doctor Light episode mm-hmm. that actually sort of works as a Doctor Light episode should, you know. And in the modern days of Doctor Who, the Doctor Light episode generally says something about the Doctor by his absence, like his, the negative space that's left mm-hmm. by the Doctor not right. being there makes a difference and this this kind of works that way because he's the one that's the the expert they need him for this and they can't find him uh also you get the fact that jamie and victoria care about him very much because he's their friend and they're worried about him because they don't know if he has lived through the explosion at the beginning um then they they figure out he must have probably because uh, there was no big explosion but they still don't know where he is. They're still so. I feel like the the shape that is left behind with the Doctor not being there is an interesting thing. I wouldn't want it in too many episodes. I hope he's back next week. Um, I don't remember because I've seen this before, but I don't remember. But uh, but yeah, I think it's kind of a kind of. A, I like the way they handled his his missingness. It's not just like oh he's locked up and he can't he can't go anywhere because he's just sitting in prison that's boring there's a mystery here like that's that's the thing i was enjoying so much about episode one was sort of the mystery of it of trying to figure out what's happening now we've kind of got more of an idea what's happening we know it's the yeti we know they they're in the underground we know they have guns that shoot fungusy spider web dish soap (laughs) bubbles um and uh but we don't know where the doctor is we don't know what the actual you know, intended goal is besides just domination. So it's it's exciting. It's a slowly building mystery, isn't it? We don't have any like you know. There's no um, yeti <laughs> talking and like saying here is our plan. Mm-hmm. Ah, 
Ah, that's what Eddie sounds like, I guess. But yeah, it's all very slowly building mystery. Yeah, and there's the mystery of okay, so the Yeti have uh, have Jamie and several of the soldiers corralled, mm-hmm. and then you hear the you know the that sound that we recognize, the control sound, and yeah. they all just walk away, and we don't know why. Another mystery. I like this. I like the mysteries. Yeah. It's very spooky and stuff. And of course, it's all dark and it's all in tunnels and like, Mm -hmm. you know, rooms that are underground. You know, it's all very kind of claustrophobic and stuff. It is. It's it's got the it's it's doing the the base under, base under siege thing right, um, down to having one really annoying character that you just want to slug right in the kisser. And that be Chorley the reporter. Oh my god, he's just like he's a little he's he's close to being over the top in his smarminess, uh, but. But it works. I mean, that's that's the kind of character he's supposed to be. Um, you kind of get the impression from the first episode and his actions at the beginning of this one that he is just that kind of smarmy guy. Like he, he he's holding his microphone out to <laughs> the uh, the speaker, where all they're hearing is like gunfire and men, you yeah. know, shouting and dying. Which like I have no problem with him doing that as a journalist. That's that's what you do. You you collect that information. Like that's important history of a battle on earth you want to archive that archive that have that available for the future what you don't want to do is stand there with this smug grin on your face going oh great stuff good lord man that is not okay so then later when we get him in the room with ann travers who and uh and victoria it does not surprise me at all to hear Anne's description of him as, you know, basically a, a mudslinger, a sensationalist of a reporter. I'm like, yeah, that's, that seems like the kind of guy he would be. The gutter press, mm-hmm. she calls him, and as he presses her a lot. You know, why don't you say anything? Why, why is it we go off the record? Careful, I've got a short temper and long claws. Oh. What a great line. She's just amazing. Yeah. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. Yep, she is wonderful. Yep, and Travers. Yeah, and she—I mean, when she's in the room with her father, and doesn't think Victoria can hear. You know, she asks, "Hey, do you think maybe the doctor is actually controlling these Yeti mm-hmm. because you've run into him both times?" You know, that's that is a perfectly cromulent thing to ask because you know she's a scientist. She mm-hmm. should—that's those are the kind of connections she should be making. She's also smart enough to recognize that correlation does not equal causation. So when her father says, "No, I saw him defeat the Yeti," um, that's you know she she takes him at his word and is like, "Okay, well you know we." When we were trapped down here, there's, you're gonna, we're gonna be scared and think of things like that. And I feel like she's selling herself short there. Yeah. You know, she, she, she should be like, I'm a smart lady. I'm a scientist. I want to take all of the variables and put them together and compare them and and see what comes out. And and I think that's what she did because she's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know, and but she doesn't have as much to do in this episode. Um, neither, oddly enough, do Jackie of uh, Jackie, um, uh, Jamie, or Victoria. Mm-hmm. Even though the doctor's not there, you'd think that perhaps the companions, because whenever Hartnell goes on vacation, it's Ian's time to sort of step yeah. in. But it's all stuck, it's all left to the the squaddies and all these new characters to sort of carry it. And there's a scene where Weems and Blake, the other soldier, are just chatting. These two working class guys having a conversation. And I was watching that going... This is, up till now, super rare for Doctor Who mm-hmm. to have your basic, you know, working class people 
having a conversation on because it's always been like you know fantastic future planets and it, it's rare for them to sort of be in present day or what, 40 years after mm-hmm. tibet so 1975 <laughs> probably not um and so i found that kind of refreshing and rather endearing actually mm-hmm. yeah it was it was cool because you just you get to see the scrubs the working scrubs mm-hmm. um and get their opinion on it. And I like how refreshingly honest uh, Weems is about, like, you know, I'd, I'd have trouble just holding my gun steady if I ran into one of these guys. So it's nice to not have sort of the uber-masculine, over-the-top, you know, chest-thumping that you sometimes get between male characters in a story like this. Um, you know, I, I could take them down. We should go get them, like that sort of thing. It was, mm. no... They recognize that this is a terrible threat and there's a good chance they're going to die like a bunch of their comrades have. And, you know, that's I, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in wandering around the uh, the the tunnels of the underground, they run into an, a new character, mm-hmm. Evans, <laughs> the, the cowardly Welshman. Yeah. I, I You know, I never realized before, but now I've learned that uh, Yoda actually Welsh. Because the way the the way that he uh-huh. said everything was just like his syntax was for the first I don't know four or five sentences mm-hmm. like every other one was was reversed in right. Yoda style. Scared I was. That's how that's how mm-hmm. typical uh, Welsh people speak. You see, is it? Yeah, I don't know. Well, mm. stereotypical. Gotcha. Yeah, he 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 definitely seemed like he was a. Uh, he was playing a stereotype. I'm, I'm not as familiar with the stereotypes of the different locales um, from uh, from that part of the world. Actually, uh-huh. from really anywhere else, too, too far outside of the Midwestern United States. So, but it it did seem a bit cartoony. Well, it is the stereotypical. At least it was at the time that Welsh were these weird, cowardly um, people. And apparently they got a lot of complaints from Wales when this aired because Mm -hmm. they stuck with this sort of typical comedy Welshman um, stereotype uh, that it was the first, I'm running the first time, first chance I get or, you know, skipping, skipping, that's right. He's going to skip. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, Evans is not the, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Good for you, Wales, for complaining because that's not cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was also another person in the uh, in the tunnels as well, but we only see a boot mm-hmm. as he steps off the uh, the track and hi- goes into hiding. But yeah. we we don't know who that is yet. I wonder what that's all about. <laughs> oh my god, the lucky. Speaking of stereotypical, <laughs> good. You've been in this country for how many years? How many people? How many people <clears throat> in your direct experience? Excuse me, have you heard say a boot? <laughs> None. <coughs> I wasn't really making a Canadian joke. I was just making a joke. <clears throat> but but we're in Western Canada. People don't <coughs> people don't say a boot here. You no, say a boat. <clears throat> I guess so. Are you okay? <clears throat> I'm I am choking on popcorn. That's it. <laughs> I thought you were so <coughs> <coughs> no. terribly upset with me that you were just <clears throat> going to die no anything else to talk about before <laughs> i go into a coughing fit no i think we've covered it all okay <laughs> goodbye <laughs> goodbye <laughs>